This is this is like a, a big special day here, if, at least for me here in the studio. All right, so uh, go nuts. With us from uh, the Baltimore Orioles Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson is here, and uh, from uh, Bill, I was a Yankee fan. I was too. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Lee, uh, many years with the uh, the Boston Red Sox, uh, se- you know, seventy five World Series. Right. And, uh, you made the All Star team in seventy three, didn't you? Yeah, but I love the Yankees because I beat them twelve times. <sighs> yeah, I know, and I and I, I think I was at Yankee Stadium one time when you beat them. Well, I love the Yankees this year. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen seventy-two. I was a little kid going with my dad to the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah, had tickets to the game. Yankees playing the Orioles, and I had uh, seats right down the uh, third baseline, right down on the lower level. And uh, I remember you coming out, and uh, there was a bunch of kids all around. They were waving at you, and I was one of those kids, and Brooks Robinson waved at me, and I never forgot it. it was, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it was a special yeah. moment for me. Now, Bill, you still play a little ball. You play in the, the Roy Hobbs around here, don't you? I play everywhere. I play in <laughs> Russia. I played in China. Back, I met Mao Zedong back in 76 before he passed on. He was like wow. a big, big stuffed boot in a chair. Uh, I've played in every continent, so uh, yeah, I keep I keep playing. And you can uh, still throw that old moon ball. Yeah, and they hit it that far. Too. <laughs> <laughs> bet, Brooks. I gotta I gotta ask you, yeah. especially uh, uh, seeing um, what has happened with uh, the NBA and the big lockout that they had, and a few years ago it happened in Major League Baseball. Does it bother you to see what's going on in professional sports with the money the way it is now and the? Uh, players and the unions and the owners uh, fighting like this. It took baseball several years to recover oh, it sure from did. Uh, the strike. It still hasn't fully recovered, but it bothers me. But I think it. Uh, people tend to think of it now as a big business, and that's uh, that's exactly what it is. It's more of a business now than it's ever been. And I don't know the answer. Uh, I, I think that uh, baseball still has some problems along the way. Uh, uh, in baseball, what you're seeing now is the haves and have-nots. I mean, when you take a New York Yankees or the Baltimore Orioles, have a payroll of $80 million, and here you read that Minnesota's going to have a payroll of $10 million. Well, what chance does Minnesota have? What chance does Montreal have? What chance does Florida have? And the answer is none. So that's the big uh, problem that's facing baseball right now. And I don't know what the answer is. You know, the NBA, uh, I think that uh, they had, it, it almost lost the season. But what the uh, the owners came out with was a, a, a salary cap. And, uh, you know, I, that's going to be a hard thing. Baseball's union has always been the strongest. Uh, I was a part of the first baseball strike going back to 1972. Mm-hmm. That lasted four days, I think, two days in spring training and two <laughs> days during the season. And that's like talking about apples and oranges now because you're really talking about uh, uh, big money. And, and the thing that upsets me is uh, you, you got uh, the players and the owners uh, uh they can't find a way to cut up two million or two billion dollars, and uh, that's the sad thing about it. But it is a big business, and I tell you the way I look at it: I don't have any problem with any player making as much as he can. I just think that uh, it, the way I rationalize with it is: look, you know, we're not holding the, the players are not holding a gun to the to the owner's head and mm-hmm. saying, "Give me your money." They're not doing that. The other thing is is the fact that uh, if you if if you looked at, at at players and tried to figure out, well, as far as their uh, being a, a, an, an entertainer, and we no one seems to have problems with entertainers making a lot of money. But uh, I think that's the way they rationalize with it. Uh, and they say, look, if, if, if players would be at the bottom of the heap, uh, if, if you talk about who should make the most money, I mean, as, as far as uh, doctors or policemen or firemen, but this can go on and on. But I hate to see, uh, I think baseball learned their lesson, and hopefully they've got uh, the players and the owners have a pretty good understanding now, but they've still got some major problems ahead of them. 
I got to ask both of you this question, and I've I've asked other athletes this question. I mean, Brooks, you played from like 1955 to 1977. Yes, I mean a very long time. And, and Bill, you played how many years of, of uh, 68 to 82? How does a, how does a player, especially an all star player, a player that is that has seen great success, the fans love you. You're charismatic. You're the best at your position of all time. How does somebody know when uh, they say, okay, this is my last season? Like a Jordan that you see, and he finally says after 13 seasons, that's it. How do you know in your head when it when that's it? Well, it's that's a very difficult question because a player always thinks he can still play one more year. That's right. And uh, I remember Dwight Evans had a tough time coming to grips with that. And uh and now it's salary that tends to dictate when you get out of the game. In the old days, you know, you got a job with the ball club and you had an amiable parting of the ways. But now it seems to be very vicious and it is difficult and players have a hard time handling it. Yeah, I, I tend to waffle on that whole question. I used to think that, uh, uh, that uh, and I still, this is the way I truly feel. I mean, I never wanted to do anything in my whole life except be a baseball player. Ever since I was this high, that's what I dreamed about doing. And I'm uh, one from the old school that says, look, you know, play as long and as hard and, and uh, as, go as long as you can. And the owners will let you know when you, when you can't play. Now, I heard a lot of criticism about when Willie Mays played in his last World Series. Mm-hmm. He fell down going after a ball or something. That got a lot of criticism that he should have stopped. But I, I tell you what, you look back through the record books and you see just about every player probably plays a little too long especially in baseball. I mean, Babe Ruth, you go right on down the sure. list. And guys, uh, they still think they can play. Uh, my last year was 77. I was a player coach, uh, playing about 30 or 40 games, and I realized my my uh, career was over. In 1976, I did not hit very well. I could still catch the ball. But I really thought I could come back, and, and I had changed some things, made some changes hitting-wise, hitting and I said, well, I still can do it. But I couldn't do it. But I continued to play, and then finally realized, well, this is not much fun. As many games as I played, yeah. I played 35 this year. Well, you know, you're finished. And uh, the good thing about me that I started doing the, the television the next year, so I stayed close to the game, and it wasn't a, one of those things where you just totally... Well, that's the thing with both of you. I mean, you guys are both still very much yeah. involved with the game, with the Players Association sure. and, the you know, doing the golf tournaments around the country that you guys do. That was the last time we saw you, yeah, I know, right. during that rain out here in that's Fort right. Myers yeah. uh, hanging out. Got to ask you each one more question, being yeah. that... Uh, Toughest pitcher you ever faced? Toughest pitcher for me, uh, Frank Leary. He used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers. They called him uh, the Yankee killer, but I tell you, he was a tough pitcher. Earl Wilson pitched for Boston and Detroit. Uh, very tough on me. I couldn't hit them. Both those guys very similar. And a guy like Nolan Ryan, the Orioles had a lot of success with him, but he was scary. He didn't know where it was going either, you know. And, and I used to hit off him. My heart was in it, but my rear end wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Toughest batter that you ever had to pitch against? Tony Oliva. Really? Yeah. You ask most of the guys. Tony Oliva should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a great hitter that just happened to hurt his knees. But he was Rod Carew with uh, with power. Yeah, that's hit, a good way to, to put it, Bill. He, he, was, he could hit the ball. He could take the ball on the inside corner and slice it around the left field foul pole for a home run. Or he could take a ball three inches outside, fool him with a breaking ball, and he could drop the head of the bat on it and hook it around the right field foul pole for a home run. Wow. He's had no place to play him. He hit from line to line, and uh, he was, was a great hitter. That's, 
Uh, Rod Carew with power. That's exactly right. Billy, where were you sitting when Carlton Fisk hit that home run game six, 1975 World Series? Where, what were you doing? Were you goofing off? Were you pay, paying attention? What were you doing? No, once we tied the ball game up, they said, you're going to be the starting pitcher tomorrow. Go home and get some rest. So, oh, really? Yeah. They told you to leave the ballpark? Yeah, but I didn't. I stayed there, and uh, I stuck around. It was a little exciting. So uh, yeah. all the church bells rang in New England around 1243 that morning. And uh, it was pretty a uh, remarkable day in New England history. Absolutely, I was I was living up there then, and I and of course, uh, being that the Yankees weren't in the World Series, I was rooting for the Red Sox. So <laughs> I, I couldn't root for a National League team. There was no way in the world. So I was rooting for you guys. And of course, my old man was a Red Sox fan. So I, you know, in that household, you had to. Well, at least one of the family knew what he was doing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Brooks and uh, Bill, they're heading yeah. off to the uh, Miramar outlets right now, along with the Chaser. Chaser's here, and uh, look, I, I hate to, you know, she, you, see what, right. you see what it's she's good. got in her hand, That's don't wonderful. you? wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we found a few of those. We're at the, uh, the World Series of Fantasy Camps right next door here at the Twin Park, and Got about uh, 10 teams there, and uh, all these guys think they should have been big league players. And they're having a ball. Uh, They've they played all week, and uh, about half of them are broken down now, but we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> Great. Brooks Robinson, Brooks, Billy. I, I only have one question. Right. Would it break your heart if you never signed another baseball? <laughs> oh, listen, I'm more than happy you know, to sign for the ladies. I never ask for autographs yeah. of anybody, but, I, I, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, I, you know, uh, trading baseball cards, man, I got to do this. Yeah. This is, like, important. Well, You've you know, been making and, fun of me for two days about this. Yeah, he I, said you wouldn't sign my no, baseball. No, I'd be happy to, but in Baltimore now, you know, it takes 21 of Brooks Robinson autographs just to get one of Cal Ripken. That's, That's okay. What hurts. I'll take yours. <laughs> oh, you got to be so proud of Cal. I mean, and everything with the, with the. I mean, he's now. There's a baseball purist. There. Yes. I mean, he's yeah. been with the Orioles for a long time. Has you know worked so hard with that club. I mean, it. it you don't see that nowadays of a ball player staying with the same team throughout his career. Yeah, you're right. You're going to see less and less of it. You're. It's just. Uh, that's the fact of life now. These, yeah. these players got a. You know, they've got a choice, and uh, most of the time they go for the green. You don't like that, do you? Uh, you don't like. Don't what was the most you made in your in in, in all I, of your? I'm, I started making a hundred thousand in 1970. I made about a hundred and twenty-seven thousand in '76. That's the most ever made. And we probably had a payroll. This is in 1970. a payroll of a million dollars. Frank Robinson's making a hundred thousand, but I bet you we had a payroll of a million dollars, probably close to wow. the bill. What about you, Billy? Yeah. Best season? Uh, what? Uh, how much did you make? Oh uh, wow. The Red Sox, the best I ever made was ninety five thousand. Then I went to Montreal, and made one hundred forty six thousand, and then uh, two hundred twenty thousand. See, he hung out a little bit longer sure than did. you did. He was yeah, there just at the start of the yeah, good money. Still, that's that's nothing. That's compared. nothing now. Yeah, compared to winning seventeen games three years in a row, everybody asked what I'd be making now, and I I just was born fifteen years too early. <laughs> that's right. I mean, seventeen games three years in a row. You would be a hot commodity out here right now. Free agency market. You could be naming your price five million a year, three, four, five million a year. Yeah. It's more I'd spill at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. And uh, go on and see them at the uh, Miramar Outlets. They're going to be there from uh, what, 4 to 6. 4 to 6. You're going to be out uh, signing autographs. And then Ferguson Jenkins and uh, Tony Oliva are going to be out there from, uh, what, 6, six to, to 8? Yeah. Get out to the Miramar Outlets and uh, join the Chaser. We'll be talking to her from out there in uh, just a little while. Again, guys, thanks so Thank much. Thank you very much.